0: Hello and welcome to the latest Confecturing News podcast. My name is Anthony Myers. This week, we catch up with Brett Beach, co-founder of bean-to-bar chocolate maker, Mia, at ISM 2020. Brett tells us about Mia's new carbon capture program in Madagascar, the company's One Change impact program, and transparency in the cocoa supply chain. We also talk about the chocolate vegan trend and the challenges of showcasing at ISM 20. Take a listen. How can brands um, measure and promote their SDG impact, uh, particularly to consumers?
1: I think one of the main ways is to choose really quantifiable items. So, for example, if you're talking about um, access to water or anything like that, that you can actually be really clear how many people are accessing it through a project you've done and what impact that has on their lives. So I think my... With MIA, we know we're not a huge company yet, so we know our suppliers and we know them personally. So that becomes easier. I think um, as you get bigger, you just need to make sure that you have people who are able to get that quantifiable information in a reliable way. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's one of the main ways. And also that as a brand, you have to want to take the time to talk about it. Because if you just want to put um, numbers on a page to check a box, then that's that's not really going to get consumers very engaged in so what we do is we integrate this into how we market our brand on social media how we um, the information we put on our website and explain to consumers what their impact is okay uh, Mia has a, a,
0: a, a their own your own in-house program I guess uh, for uh, sustainability certification do you? is that is the impact is the impact fund one for change? Is that something different? Can you s- tell us a little bit
1: about that? Well, for us, the, the one for change is an extra that we do because we have. I would say we have um, really two two major ways to create change. One is in making the chocolate. So we know, just in terms of dollars and cents, by making chocolate in Africa, we can create four times more value than the export of cocoa. So that's just economics for us. And then on top of that, we can talk about the skills involved in chocolate making versus chocolate. Let's say skills involved in chocolate making, making boxes, um, providing services around chocolate, as well as the cocoa farming. So that's one part, the production of Mia. And then what we wanted to put on top of that is similar to Fairtrade, where you might have a social development fund, is the one for change. Okay. so whereas the chocolate making is very quantifiable in terms of dollars and cents, you can argue whether it's a good approach or not to make chocolate in Africa, but we can say so many dollars stay in Africa because of that. Then on the one for change, it's also very quantifiable because what we wanted to say, a lot of times you'll see on pack we give a percent of profit, but if nobody knows your profit, nobody mm-hmm. knows what you give. Mm-hmm. We take 1% of our sales and we don't charge any money to that fund for implementing it we Mm -hmm. go straight to a charity that's very efficient at implementing projects on the ground or a local partner and it all goes to the project so again whether or not people would agree with the projects that are chosen that's one thing but the quantifiable part of that program is it's 1% of sales and it all goes to the projects so in that way it's very mathematical and then the choices are more subjective.
0: Okay. Does does MIA also work with um, third-party certification organizations like Fairtrade, Green Forest Alliance, GTS, if so, which ones or...?
1: We do. The the partner we work with is called Proudly Made in Africa and I'd say the difference between Proudly Made in Africa and the others is that the other um, certification bodies you mentioned are mainly certifying ingredients and that's because mainly people are buying ingredients from the southern hemisphere um, Proudly Made in Africa is certifying finished products, which is important for us because we're making a product in Africa. And so, But the way they're similar is that um, Proudly Made in Africa used the ethical trading initiative base code. That's the structure of the audit that was done. So the audit structure and the, the way the audit is done is identical to the structure that's used by Fairtrade and others. It's just that the element that they looked at as well was the production so at the factory and auditing the factory as well, which is important to us because
0: we have a factory partner in Africa. Okay, that's good. Thank you. Um, latest research just out last year by Lumina Intelligence suggests that, you know sustainable claims appear on 28% of cocoa and coffee, for example, uh, but, but consumer engagement is, is low. Um, the feedback they got was in-house programs, you know, the big companies uh, all use now, kind of lack transparency. What would you say, how can they um, improve this, this rather dismal figure? Would you say?
1: Well, I think, to be honest, there are some companies that are just trying to check boxes. So they're not interested. If, I think if consumers aren't engaged, it's because you're not engaging them. So if, if it's not a big part of your company to actually go out and create this change and talk about it and be honest with people about how you're doing it, then people won't be engaged. So I would say one of the things that's that's a bit um, deceptive is if you have a massive company that does, say, 50 or 100 or 200 million in, in sales, but you build one school, um, it's good, but compared to the business you do, it's not much. Mm-hmm. And you have other brands, whether big or small, that they're actually constantly taking, systematically taking a portion of their their sales or their or their profits and doing things or working within the fair trade system, and I think those are the those are the companies that are going to have something more consistent to talk about. So I'd say if people aren't engaged and it's not transparent enough, then we have to up up the transparency. It's a, you know at Mia what we do is we again the, with the one for change we want to mm-hmm. make it mathematical so there's no doubt in our minds and we can't skip a year and say well mm-hmm. this year we don't feel like it it's always one percent mm-hmm. and then in the with the consumers is actually explaining what we've done mm-hmm. um and and we're working on that as well for example on our website more on the production side than the one for change we want to be able to have people plug in how many kilos of chocolate they've purchased mm-hmm. as a client or a customer and what that's created in in africa so they can see the, the impact
0: okay are you saying are you are you saying um do, do you think uh, engagement with MIA is, is is good? You're getting good feedback. How have sales been over the last year? I mean, you have you're on this, um, you have this philosophical um, drive that you've had from the beginning. So is it working out for you commercially, I would yeah. say?
1: Yeah, I think, well, for me, the first three years of a startup, where wherever you do business yeah. and whatever business you're in, those need to be years for development. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't expect profitability. We're in our third year of trading. So this year we're looking to achieve a certain level of sustainability financially. Yeah, I think where MIA's been a big success is on being able to make a chocolate in Africa to get the, the right certification behind it and to get four quality awards. So not, that's been a big success. The packaging's out there, people like it, and I think the story is, is very cohesive. Where I think it's a challenge is craft chocolate is absolutely booming right now, Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of competition, whether it be in Europe or the US or Australia or New Zealand, you have chocolates everywhere, Um, whereas 10 years ago it wasn't the case Mm -hmm. to this degree. So that's something that takes more time to get through, but I think with Mia's value proposition we believe that we can gain more and more customers over time because the story goes quite deep Mm -hmm. and the quality is quite high. Okay,
0: Am I right in thinking that MIA sources all its cocoa from the island of Madagascar?
1: That's correct.
0: So it's a pure single origin by, by nature.
1: Single origin, and,
0: um Okay, and you've just announced, uh, MIA's just wow. announced in the last week or so, a, a carbon capture and Lima conservation program on the island could, could you tell us a little, little bit more about that please
1: sure so within within the one for change program we felt like it was important to do something with the environment a because this is a big concern for for the global population but also in madagascar it's such a precious environment with eight out of ten plants and animals being endemic anything we can do to slow down loss of habitat and to create more sustainable environments for people as a benefit and so we created that, basically calculated and went a little bit further than we needed to, but the, the carbon emissions for all our imports and said we'll, we're going to plant trees in a national forest. And not just plant them, but um, it's, I'd say it's kind of a Plant Plus program because there's education around it, um, as well as, um, so there's school education and then they're working with the local population to help guard and protect the trees that they can grow and thrive. And that creates a buy-in with the population as well. We start to see the value of, of getting forest back. And then, mm-hmm. except for the lemurs, it's in a national park. Mm-hmm. So this is a, this is actually a project that David Attenborough has, has um, commended and seen, and so we thought, with this UK charity that's doing this, this is the greatest thing to support in Madagascar because it's it's already a program that's got a lot of positive aspects. And so we're just doing our part based on our...
0: Okay, our great. What are the other challenges of sourcing your cocoa from uh, Madagascar? It's not manufactured, It's not manufactured, though. Is it? You, you, the, the raw materials is exported to a no, location? For,
1: for us, MIA, the meaning behind MIA is made in Africa. Maybe. And when we say made in Africa, we mean the finished product. So it comes, as a consumer would buy it, it comes like that from Madagascar. So it's made from bean to bar um, in the country and then it, it's brought over to Europe okay. uh, for sale around the world. Okay. Yeah.
0: And which are your biggest markets for um, MIA, would you say, at um,
1: At present, it's, it's a little bit balanced between Europe and the U.S. And Australia is also a good market for us, but obviously it it has limited growth potential because it's a relatively small population. Mm -hmm. Um, In the UK in particular, we're just getting started with a a partner called Cotswold Fair on Mm -hmm. the distribution side. So that'll give us access to a lot more independence where we think uh, Mia can can do really well. Okay, good.
0: Um, We're here um, at ISM 2020. Um, as you can hear from the background noise, uh, we're in uh, Mia's, Mia's booth. Um, one of the big trends we're picking up on for this year is the vegan trend in chocolate. And um, of course, Mia, you've been there since you know, since the beginning. You've been vegan accredited uh, by the uh, UK uh, Vegan Society. Um, how do you see this, uh, this trend going? And how, how has the landscape changed since, since Mia's been established, would you say?
1: The, the way, I think, the, the vegan movement is good because it's getting um, even flexitarians to think about what they eat. Um, even people who eat, might want to eat meat every day, it's starting a conversation. So I think in that way it's a really good movement. I don't think it should be a moral judgment on people whether or not to be vegan. But it's making everybody think about how they make and consume products. And the way I would see uh, vegan and other trends in chocolate is that it's getting more and more specified. So for example, can some consumers can't have sugar, some need a vegan product, some can't eat dairy. And I think brands that look for opportunities to fill a certain niche, especially in the specialty sector, they're the ones that are going to really thrive. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many chocolates that you really need to talk to a certain audience and know, know your audience. And I think for Mia, looking forward, uh, as you said, our chocolate's been vegan, so it doesn't change the flavor. Mm-hmm. But being able to talk about that, educate people, and let them know they're buying a vegan product mm-hmm. will allow us to really serve that clientele, and I think thrive within that that kind of subsector of the market.
0: Great. And finally, um, social media must yeah. be must be an important outlet for for you to get your message across. How 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 do you use that? How important is it? you got any tips for other small kind of manufacturers, independent manufacturers? It,
1: it is. I think it's a huge opportunity. Um, What I would say about social media, I'll talk more just specifically Instagram, because we Mm -hmm. use that a little bit more of a focus because we want the visual, um, is it it is constantly changing. And so it is a challenging landscape as well. It might not be as simple as it is from the outside, but I think, again, if you can create a focus. So, for example, this year we're going from not just trying to get followers, but actually engage the key key audience and our key audience we see, it's not just the consumer but it's the retailers.
0: So if we can start to
1: have relationships with the retailers who carry Mia, Instagram will become much more valuable to us. So I'd say you know start out but then constantly revise how you're using it because if you're just putting out messages to the whole world Mm -hmm. it may not be as effective as if you're really zoning in on a certain audience and saying we want to penetrate that audience for a specific okay. you know, specific reason. Communicate your brand. Super. Great. And we're here, I ISM as
0: I've mentioned. How important is um, ISM particularly for Mia you're a small company and you're, you're dwarfed by all these huge brands. I mean uh, how, how does it work for you, would you say?
1: Is it yeah. your first time here? Um, it's not, and Mia's second time. Second time, yeah. So I'd say in some ways we're, we're a needle in a haystack in the sense that there are a lot of big companies and a lot of the people walking the floor might not have uh, a market or the part of the market that's, that's right for Mia. But where I see it as really important is Mia, as a, as a premium brand with a special message, needs to go far and wide. And the way to do that is to not just sell in Europe, but is to export and this is a platform to have those conversations mm-hmm. so I think we could you know we could survive without it but I see Mia Mia's going for a certain percent of the market and it's not the biggest percent and so we need to be in you know as many markets as we can and connecting with the consumer that has basically that is attracted to the brand and wants to buy it for, for the, the reasons they have Good. okay Brett right. thank you
0: so much for your time I know you're very busy here on your booth there's been a lot of traffic on the first day and I wish you luck with um, with the rest of your time here and good luck for the future. Thank you. Appreciate it.